0: Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips, and Scott Smith here, and as always, this is where we take your questions, so make sure on the Facebook page under our live video, you leave a comment. We love hearing where you're watching from, and then any and all questions that you have. We know the schedule release is coming up. There might be some stuff there. We've got a bunch of new roster additions over the last week, so plenty for us to talk about, and as we give people a chance to submit those on Facebook, Scott, I wanted to first start talking about those roster additions we talked about. I know there were a bunch of undrafted free agents signed, but before we get to those, uh, there were two other guys that have been brought back, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on on what those additions mean.
1: Yeah, well, uh, the Buccaneers have re-signed tackle Josh Wells. That's a, a pretty long list of their own unrestricted free agents that they've managed to re-sign um, over the course of this offseason. Josh was our swing tackle last year, which means he was the third tackle active, and he had to be ready to fill in at either left or right tackle. And, in fact, he did make one start each at right and left tackle. So, obviously, a versatile guy, a guy they're familiar with. And, you know, with the addition of Joe Haig and the signing of Tristan Wirfs, you're back to pretty much the, and maybe even a little bit better, the depth that you had at tackle last year. It seems pretty certain at this point that Demar Dotson, uh, who was a great Buccaneer for a very long time, and Gerald Hawkins won't be back, I would I would imagine, with this signing. So, you, you've you restored your depth, and maybe with Joe Haig, gotten it even a little bit better. And then Elliot Fry is the kicker who um, coincidentally was in a Bucks tryout camp I think it was in 2017 but he was most recently with the Panthers until they waived him and we claimed him off of waivers and you know I don't see any issue with that. I'm a big Matt Gay believer to be honest with you. I think he's going to be great. I think through 13 games last year he was very good with the exception of the one miss against the Giants. You know he was kicking at about 89% and then he slumped those three games I'm just going to bet on the fact that he can avoid that slump this time around. But it's always good to have competition at any position. And if you recall, uh, last year in training camp, Tyrell Santos, the veteran, had an excellent camp. He barely missed anything. But Matt Gay was maybe even a little bit better. So I think the competition did push him. And, you know, if Elliott Fry wins the job, more power to him. But I don't think this this deciding means anything bad for Matt Gay.
0: Okay. Um, And we had a question before we get to the undrafted free agents. We had a question from – Ivor, Ivor, I feel like I probably butchered that either way. Uh, he wanted to know if there are going to be um, any additions at D-Tackle that he said he felt like we don't really have uh, as much depth behind, especially Vita
1: Vea. Well, we did bring um, Nacho back, Raheem nunez Rochez, and, and uh, we drafted Khalil Davis, who I think they think, you know, got him in the sixth round, but I think that they think that's a guy that can help them as a rookie. He, he's an active guy, quick first step. Uh, more of maybe like a penetrator than a run stopper at the moment but they think they can get him stronger and make him a better run stopper and then there was one defensive tackle added in uh, unrestricted or undrafted free agency let me look that up Uh, Benning Patoe, I think it might be pronounced uh, out of um, Washington so there's some depth there already and really there's only a couple roster spots left at the moment obviously you can create more spots by you know releasing players but right now there's only four or five roster spots available. I think the depth there isn't all that bad. I mean, the, the player you lost was Bo Allen. I think they probably feel like they can, you know, replace him with Khalil Davis.
0: Okay, and Dave asked Vaughn versus Jones. Who starts and what do you think the playing time is going to be like for each of those guys?
1: You know, I think Jones still starts, especially to start the season. I think what they see in Vaughn, though, is a guy that, if it all works out as they're hoping, can be – on the field for all three downs They, you know, he had not huge passing numbers at at Vanderbilt pass catching numbers, but he was efficient and and averaged about 10 yards per catch, which is really good for a running back. And he says he, he models his game after Alvin Kamara. Now, I mean, nobody's going to say he's Alvin Kamara, but if he could do that sort of role and you have like Ronald Jones and him and be like Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, and that was so effective in new Orleans and you were able to use both those guys, even though they're both capable of, of, running the ball between the tackles or around the corner. So I just don't see how it hurts to add another explosive player. His numbers weren't as impressive as a senior, but there's some questions about how good, you know, Vanderbilt's offensive line was last year. But you see him as a junior, see a lot of explosive plays. So um, I don't know. I think I said this a bunch of times last year when we were talking about Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. Does it really matter who, how much who the starter is? They're going to go. I'm sure that that Coach Arians will say the same thing again. We're going to go with the hot hand. So, uh, as it turned out, last year Ronald Jones was a more uh, productive player, and, and by midseason he took over the starting job. That could happen again, but I would say you start the season as Ronald Jones as the starter.
0: Okay. And Sean asked, how concerned should we be with Jameis going to the Saints? Could he give them lots of plays and info?
1: I always think that stuff is, is overrated. Uh, sure, I'm sure they'll ask him, uh, but I would think that other teams – and their scouts and their coaches have a pretty good idea of what a Bruce Arians offense looks like already. You know, you, you I guess you could help them with terminology, but I'm sure that changes and, and evolves from year to year anyway. I wouldn't be too worried about that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Delvin asked, do you think Cameron Brate will be a cap casualty before the start of the year?
1: No, I don't think so. They already, uh, uh, you know, the team doesn't put out a, uh, information about restructuring co- contracts and, and re-signings and the numbers and cap numbers and all that but certainly you I'm sure people have seen the reports that uh, outside reports that Cam uh, got a restructured contract in March and obviously that was for the purpose of keeping him around so uh, that, I think that's already been taken care of.
0: Okay and Borden asked uh, who do you think will be our kick returner?
1: Uh, you know, I'd like to, he co sure loves TJ Logan and talks him up, but, um, I'm just, I'm going to go with the, uh, the rookie and say Raymond Clay wins that job. He's, he's not a, the biggest guy in the world, but he's explosive and that's what you want out of that. Now, kick returner, you know, the value of that position has, has definitely gone down as touchbacks have gone way, way up. And I don't know, maybe we had 15 kickoff returns all year last year. So, uh, I think the more important question is who's the punt returner. And, and I think they'll, that Calais will probably get a look at both those spots.
0: Okay, and uh, Jarvis wanted to know, who do you think will be the starting free safety?
1: Oof. Okay, uh, so we we got Antoine Winfield, and I guess you Jordan Whitehead, you know those positions they always say are a little bit interchangeable. Uh, Jordan Whitehead might be a bit more of a, a heavy hitter, mm-hmm. um, so maybe he's more of a strong. Is Justin Evans in the picture? We don't know that yet for sure. Mike Edwards is a, is a real versatile the guy they can do a lot with. Uh, just based on the profile of everything he can do, I would guess Antoine Winfield. You know, they did put a pretty high draft pick into that spot. So, and they think he's a playmaker. I think they're going to want him on the field as much as possible.
0: Okay. And Jack said, how likely is it that Tyler Johnson takes wide receiver three spot behind Evans and Godwin?
1: I would think that would be the um, plan A. I, I think that's probably what they are hoping for. Uh, <clears throat> that's not to say anything – uh, against Scotty Miller or Justin Watson. And I know those guys are going to compete and they both have different talents that can work in the offense. And I'm sure they'll get their opportunities. Uh, Scotty Miller, I would think in particular, uh, he was already playing quite a bit before the injuries last year as that guy that can stretch the field. Uh, and, you know, you saw him make some big plays before he had another hamstring injury near the end. Uh, so I don't think he'll be out of the mix, but Tyler Johnson's more of a guy that you can operate in the slot and on the outside, but he can do a lot for you in the slot. Uh, Just a guy that just has a knack for getting open. Just so productive. I think they drafted him with the hope that he would be the third guy.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, then Gerald, it's sort of related to what you talked about the last couple answers. Gerald asked, which rookies do you see being day one starters? So how many of them do you think we could actually see out there week one?
1: Yeah, Tristan Wirfs, obviously. If he's not the starter at right tackle, then you're probably a little bit disappointed at the beginning of the season. Uh, Antoine Winfield, I just said, I thought he would start. I don't know if you call your third receiver a starter. I guess not on the depth chart at least, so I don't think Tyler Johnson would beat out Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, already talked about that. I still think Ronald Jones goes into the season as a starter. Uh, And then what, Khalil Davis, Chappelle Russell, and uh, Raymond Clay. I don't think any of those guys have a very clear path to a starting job. So two to start with, and then maybe down the road a few more.
0: Okay. And we haven't gotten a chance to get into the undrafted uh, rookie group as much yet. So I wanted to hear from you um, just a little bit about some of those guys and, you know, what they might bring, how likely it is that they could make the team. And then, of course, especially this year being so unique and different that um, could we potentially see less of them making the roster just because, you know, they don't get quite as much time potentially right now to be showing what they're doing on the field.
1: Well, I mean, you only it usually end up with two or three of them making the roster. You might have some more on the practice squad. So I don't know if, if the opportunity will be that much worse. And when you're talking about these guys in a normal offseason, you might mention them a little bit early on, but nothing really gets going. And there's no real competition. There's no real chance for them to win the job until you get to training camp. So um, I do think there's a couple of guys that could stick in there. Uh, it's always tough to predict at the beginning. But you, you look at that quarterback, Reed Sennett, that they signed out of San Diego – and, um, you know, Coach and Bruce, I mean, Coach and and and, uh, and uh,
0: Jason. Jason Light
1: both said several times before the draft that if there was a right player at the right fit, they would like to get a developmental quarterback. But then as the draft unfolded, it just didn't really work out for them in that way. But afterwards, without saying a name, right after the draft, Bruce said there was definitely a guy that they thought had a lot of potential, a lot of upside that they had their eye on that they were going to sign. And presumably that's Reed. And, you know, he he only got one chance, one season. He was behind another very good quarterback at San Diego for much of his career. So he only really got to start that one last, I think, fifth year senior. And uh, But he, he was really good. And, you know, he's an athletic guy. He's very, very smart. He was recruited in Ivy League schools, um, Six about 6'4", six 225. Good arm, can throw on the run. There's a lot really to like about his athletic profile. And also, apparently, it's just he's really, really excited about the opportunity to come here and work with Bruce and Tom Brady. So, you know, what you're projecting there if he's on the roster is probably that he beats out one of um, Blaine or Ryan Griffin, Blaine Gabbert or Ryan Griffin. And that certainly is possible because if you see him as a guy that maybe you feel has more potential for you down the road uh, than one of these veterans, it, it's a possibility. So I'm, I, you know, obviously we've seen everything that Blaine and Ryan can do and, and they can do a lot. So it won't be easy, but I think there's a chance that he could stick.
0: Okay. And outside of him, uh, especially what are maybe you know, linemen-wise, you know, are are there some guys maybe there that could end up sticking?
1: Yeah, um, one other thing that I noticed about this group is you kind of see what wasn't hit in the draft or free agency very much. I I know that right after the draft, I answered a mailbag question about what positions on the roster might still need a little bit depth, and I was talking about the interior offensive line and outside linebacker, and you have three or four of each on this list. So I think obviously you saw where there was still some depth needed and those spots were hit. And a couple of those guys stand out. There's uh, Zach Shackelford was a starter at Texas uh, at center. I could see him, you know, he was on well, high on the list of guys that didn't get drafted that would be priorities for teams. And among interior linemen, he was high up there. I could see him having a shot. You know, you often do get uh, your, in, your back end of your offensive line depth from undrafted free agents. It happens a lot. Those guys make it and it may take a while for them to really develop into a player you use very much but uh it's not unusual at all for those guys to make it and then uh you know there's a there's a number of outside linebackers there's michael divinity obviously from lsu that's the one with the biggest profile but there was one other guy that i found interesting and and, uh, his name's nasir player and he went to east tennessee state and uh east tennessee state's nickname is you know the buccaneers so here's a guy who was a buccaneer and his last name is player. So I guess it was just destiny Destin- <laughs> Destin- player, right?
0: That's pretty great. I like that. Uh, and then I know we also have the schedule coming out tomorrow, which is very exciting um, and a uh, shameless plug for us. We're going to be going live uh, the 15 minutes leading up to the show on NFL network that starts at eight. So we'll be live at 7:45, breaking down more of the bucks part of the schedule before they do the overall league. Part at 8 o'clock. So for you, what are you most looking forward to seeing about this schedule? And, and what are you going to be looking for?
1: Yeah, that'll be just, I think, 15 minutes after that schedule is dropped. So everybody will still be absorbing all that information. I, I always find the schedule day to be one of my favorite days of the offseason. It came a little bit later this year for obvious reasons. And we obviously will still have some uncertainty, but still finding out all those games when and where you're going uh, is exciting. I think the number one thing I'm going to be looking for is how significant is the Tom Brady effect in other words how many prime time and national audience games does this team get simply because it now is Tom Brady and I think it'll be more than we're used to
0: I think that is a very true point that that's for sure all right well that's going to do it for us on Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite thanks as always for being with us and we'll see you next week